Hello, I am Bishop John and welcome to the Vision Ministry Roundtable. In this podcast, Minister Golson, Minister Barton and I will be discussing different subjects and different topics for our present time. And we just hope you will be able to enjoy and learn something new. All right. We've been looking at this here, uh, the full riders, the full riders, and these full riders symbolize the evils that would come at the end of the world. One conquest with pestilence, whoever loose that pestilence in Wuhan, China. That spirit was on him or her. We call it what it is. If you quack like a duck, walk like a duck, it is a duck. You have a problem with horses, see? Christian problem with horses. Read Zechariah. If you read John and Zechariah, you go to heaven. <laughs> Just a little joke. Always read the book of John and with Zechariah and guarantee you, you're going to heaven. Guarantee. Because Zechariah described horses, those same horses as spirits. Okay? And you have the red horse that brings division, civil war, to take away peace. And you have the black horse that dealt with hunger. And you got the pale horse that dealt with hell and death. Now, I'm not going to delve into that. I want you to know, uh, uh, you know, theologians put this thing in the future. Some put it in ice time. Somebody in the Middle Ages. I don't care where you put it. One thing I do know often these spirits are galloping around. And right now we're dealing with two of them. The ones who invoke pestilence upon the planet Earth. Not upon one area. The whole planet Earth is dealing with it. And more is to come. Don't buy the lies. More is come. Two. One that incite violence and tell us there's no peace. Now don't size me yet. You don't know where I'm going to fall. So roll with me. How are you guys? Doing well. Doing very well. I gave you subjects that have I talked to you? No, sir. I give you subjects that have I talked to you? No, sir. Oh, we don't talk. We only talk in spirit. We talk in dreams. <laughs> All right. Now, I made a statement a couple of weeks ago that the Church of Jesus Christ of Nazareth has the responsibility to eradicate favoritism of every kind, including racism and classism. We are required to see the image of God and full humanity in every person. Due to our present distress, our present struggle globally and in the United States of America, there are no answers. I've been here for four years ago. Do you know there are a billion dollar, it's a billion dollar business to cry racism? 
I'm going to say that again. To cry racism, bigotry, sexism is a billion dollar industry. Nothing changes but money. Men become millionaires overnight. Some are going to become millionaires this month. And nothing is going to change. I've been young and now I'm old. It's the same sad story for my so-called unelected leaders. Some of you know where I'm going with. I'm tired. Because I'm going to die seeing the same junk. But money exchange. People become millionaires. People have no education. People have no idea of anything biblical. They may even have a reverend before their names. But they solve nothing. But they put money in their pocket. While the people, we are dying in the streets. While you're rich. You're audacious. You're a crook. You're a liar. Martin didn't die in vain. I say Martin didn't die in vain. Nothing has changed. I know I can quote billions of dollars of exchange hands to change racism. And it's worse. Somebody spent eight years who had the power to change certain things, but he filled his pockets while we're still in the street. Dying every day. Somebody to speak the truth. Don't, don't you don't you change that? Don't you change that? I'm black. I've been whooped by white people. I don't like it just like you. But I ain't gonna lie. We have to find an answer, and the answer is in the church. In the church, I'm talking to you now. You're sick. You have the same sugar, honey, iced tea in your bosom. So how do we handle that? Let me teach you the root of racism and classism. It's favoritism. I'm going to say something also. You can't teach philosophy of racism to Darwin through Darwinism and believe that the police and the white man and the black man is going to get unified. See, you hide people in these colleges, you teach racism through Darwinism. Did you ever read the whole title? You're going to be dealing with that. The whole title of the book of Darwin? You can't teach your philosophy in the colleges and expect the street to be together. They teach racism in our colleges. Yeah. Berkeley. Oxford. All of you. I don't care what name you're under. Harvard. You teach Darwinism. The source of the racist mind. And you expect your children and grandchildren to change and kumbaya, my Lord? Impossible. Because the chicken have to come home. 
And you want black people to feel non-inferior? How can we feel non-inferior? You taught us we are inferior. See? Nobody want to deal with the truth. We got to start with the higher education. We can't change the street. If the head is sick, the body is sick. Favoritism. See? I'm not even talking about racism right now. Favoritism. My task is favoritism. <laughs> Listen to what the Bible says. That the church, the church, the church does not practice true Christianity. So how can the world do it? Now look at the example James gave to his people. He says, Sis, brothers and sisters, don't show favoritism. Suppose somebody come to your church wearing gold, fine clothes. A poor man come with raggedy clothes, filthy. You show special attention to the man wearing the fine clothes and you say, he's a good seat. And you tell to the poor man who smell like wine, a wino, stand right here, sit over there, or sit at my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and judge evil thoughts? Listen, brothers and sisters, God have chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith, to inherit the kingdom as he promised. But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich that exploit you? I did not the one who dragged you into courts. I did not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him that you love. Verse 8. But if you keep the royal law in the scriptures, love your neighbor as yourself. You're doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin. So favoritism is a sin. And are convicted by the law as a lawbreaker. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbled at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. We have to see the tendency within ourselves to show favoritism. And, and you may not think, you're going you're gonna to understand as we define other words. Favoritism, partiality. Is the root of racism and all the other isms. We must see it as a sin. Favoritism is a sin. But the church only see adultery as a sin. Let a preacher commit adultery see what happened to him. But let a preacher show favoritism. Nothing happens to him. So we pick and choose like the heathen, which sin is a sin. The Bible says favoritism is a sin, a satanic sin, as much as murder and adultery. 
I'm going to look at favoritism. What is favoritism? A person preference toward one on racial or economic group in the context of hiring, friendship, or romantic opportunities. I'm going to say it again from your dictionary. A person's preference toward a racial group and economic group when he hires who becomes his friend and who his daughter marries. <laughs> Another definition. A parent selection of one child over another child for whom the parent shows more affection, offer more gifts, or provide fewer punishment. Now, I'm going to get nailed on the punishment part. <laughs> See, I'm already having church. <laughs> so, I told you there's one area today I need to repent. <laughs> so, what is favoritism? The preferential treatment of a person or group of people over the other people or groups in that same unit, such as a classroom, social group, workplace. So favoritism is negative. So how many of us have used favoritism and we don't think we're sinning? Bible tells us, show no partiality. Don't make any distinction among yourself. Once you do, you're judging evil thoughts. I'm going to read some scriptures about favoritism. And then I'm going to let these guys do their homework. James 2, 9 says, But if you show partiality, favoritism, you're committing sin. Romans 2, 11 says, For God shows no partiality. Acts 10.34 says, Peter opened his mind and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality. Deuteronomy 10.17 For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. Now, this is the one I like. I skip a lot because we got to move. 1 Timothy 5, 21. And the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging, doing nothing from partiality. I'm going to stop because I think I'll be able to tie it. If we can't tie it tonight, we're going to tie it next time. I want to establish a thesis right now. What do you call that? A, a theme. Or what do you call when you're writing a paper in school again? A pre, an idea. A preface. A preface. A preface. That racism, classism, stem, they are the children of favoritism and the church have never dealt with favoritism how many places have you heard anybody preaching about favoritism when's the last time you heard a sermon on favoritism 
Really. Because the church doesn't consider it as a sin. They consider racism as a sin. Sex is a sin. Discrimination is a sin. Oh, adultery is a sin. <laughs> Big sin. <laughs> Big sin. Murder. Big. Mr. Chauvin is going to pay for that. What about favoritism in your heart? It's still satanic. And it's the parent of these two. So what did I do? I asked this brother to study classism. Because a lot of folks, you know, we're going to talk about racism. Everybody know about racism. It's very easy, but really not that easy. It's a big thing. But let's look at classism. What did you find out from that word? Because I know everything ties together. Would you like for me to start with uh, some biblical stuff? Let me start with the secular stuff and then. Well, what you gave me was pretty good. I, I, I wanted to preach it, but I'll be stealing your idea. <laughs> so let me just um, look at classism from Webster's perspective. Yes, sir. To define words. Webster's Dictionary defines classism as prejudice or discrimination mm -hmm. based on class. In this context, class should be identified as a particular group or segment of a civilization sharing the same economic or social status. I'll just keep reading, Bishop, and you no. step in anywhere you need to, and we'll discuss. We will. <laughs> in practice, classism is differential treatment based on social status, position, or perceived social ranking. Classism is the systematic oppression of subordinated, class groups to advantage and strengthen the dominant other groups. It's, excuse me, it's the systematic assignment, this was kind of shocking to me, the systematic assignment of characteristics of worth and ability on social class. That includes individual attitudes and behaviors, system of systems of policies and practices that are set up to benefit the upper class at the expense of the lower classes resulting in drastic income and wealth inequality. So classism has nothing to do with color right now? No, sir. All right, let's keep moving. The love of money is the root of all of you. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the, ra the rationale that supports these systems and this unequal valuing and the culture that perpetuates them. All of that was one sentence, if that sounded kind of awkward. But uh, Classism is held in place by a system of beliefs and cultural attitudes that ranks people according to economic status, family lineage, job status, their levels of education, and other divisions. Now, we have problems like this in the church. You know, I tried to raise my kids. You're the bishop kid, but you're just like everybody else. You're going to earn your right. I can stand in this church when people try to raise their kid that they did the this, they did that. They the what? You earn by the strand of your brow the respect. I don't care if you're the bishop, son, daughter, wife, kids. That doesn't mean anything. What have you earned? Now, 
You all know me. I've been doing this all along. I'll knock anything down. If you don't earn it, if you earn it, I bow. That's classism. It's in the church. Based on your education, based on your job status, based on your family, I am this, I am the Smiths, I'm sorry, I am the uh, uh, Trumps, let me use Trumps, I am the Trumps, I am the Obamas. Who give a hoot? If the daughters of Obama come here, they're going to have to earn, baby, their rights. But the church will accept them and give them a position and a place to preach and teach because they are the Obamas. That's favoritism. Classism. Is that in your life? Because you have some education? Because you are the Obamas? I'm sorry, Mr. Obama, if I'm using your name, but I can't use other names in my church because I'll get killed. And I ain't ready to be lynched. Oh, by the way, we have to define lynch, okay? <laughs> That's funny. Lynch is lynch. <laughs> Listen, favoritism is in the church. How do you expect the world to be different? By laws? You know how many laws we got? I, I think I broke a few laws today. Uh, dip. And go. I got a ticket for dipping and going. And I haven't paid it yet. And I'm still dipping and going. <laughs> it's a northeast thing, man. It's a northeast <laughs> thing? I thought it's a human nature thing. Why in the world they tell me I got to stop? I don't have to stop for nobody. Rolling stop. Rolling. <laughs> There's no car there. Keep rolling. You know, one day there was <laughs> darkness on the right, on the left, in front, in the back. So I just went and I heard. Whoa, 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 whoa. I said, where were you hiding? <laughs> in the darkness. <laughs> he was in the darkness waiting for me to break the law. He said, sir, you broke the law. I said, there was no Nobody car. So you broke the law. I said, it's okay. I'll dance with the piper. I have no problem yeah, with I've that. I've got one of those too. All right. Continue, my brother. And then kind of pick, you know, you know what you put together. Pick what we really need to hear. Well, at this point, based on what you just said, Bishop, I feel uh, it would be appropriate to kind of jump into um, the biblical um, reflection on go ahead subject. go ahead sir now I want us to keep stay on the track that you had put us on about how this whole idea of I should have this or that status even in church we are duped by Satan's struggle to put us in class mentality and it and it flies in the face of of everything Jesus wanted his people to understand listen to this Jesus's arrival in the world exploded the the social hierarchy of the day although rightfully a king Jesus bypassed Herod's palace and chose to be born into a working-class family he sent the firstborn announcements to a group of shepherds and even lower rung on the social ladder. As a man, Jesus could have become a Pharisee and lorded his high position over everyone else. Instead, he ate with tax collectors and sinners. He was considered a rabbi and exalted position, yet he never used that title to exploit or demean others. He bucked the classism that existed in his world 
by choosing fishermen and a tax collector as disciples. So everything Jesus did from, the, from, from day one, literally day one, was to say, I'm not about class. I'm about father's business. But now we've got upper class, we've got middle class, we've got lower class, and then some even delineate those again. Upper, upper, middle, upper, lower, upper, uh, and then you, you might say you have elites, mm -hmm. which are your presidents, your kings, your... Five percent yes. that, that I'm part of. That, <laughs> amen. Amen. <laughs> In wealth, not when, in attitude. When, when Obama was talking about the five percent, he'd be tasked, he talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> now he's one. <laughs> Tax him. <laughs> so the the upper class, that's your people, they just sit back and let the income roll in based on uh, investments, stocks, bonds, inherited wealth. Uh, the idle rich, that's where that phrase comes from. People really don't have to do anything because this wealth has been just rolling through generations and generations and generations. They are separated and walled and protected by wealth, status, connections. Uh, what are those guys? You, can, you remember the name of the two Republican guys who are uh, every, pres every Republican president, they have to pass muster with these two guys. I, I want to, it's not the Butcher brothers. It's two brothers. It's right on the tip of my tongue. I'm sorry. They I can't all, think of it. They all have to pass but, through it. But yes, and they, Haiti to be president. You have to deal with voodoo. You have to deal with the top voodoo person and the economic people. They all do the same thing. It's not just Republican, my brother. You don't want me to talk about that. I got stuff one of these days. If the Lord ever give me the chance, they're going to kill me, but I'm going to talk. <laughs> Go on. What's the middle class? What's the middle class? Uh, one second here. The middle class and uh, owning or ruling class people Dominant group members are seen as smarter and more articulate than working class and poor people, subordinated groups. In this way, dominant group members, middle class and wealthy people, define for everyone else what is normal or acceptable. In this class hierarchy, people who are poor, working class, sometimes internalize the dominant and everybody needs to really listen right here. People who are poor slash working class sometimes internalize the dominant society's beliefs and attitudes toward them and play them out against themselves and others of their own class. Internalized classism is the acceptance and justification of classism by working class and poor people. Examples include feelings of inferiority to higher class people, disdain or shame about traditional patterns of class in one's family, and denial of heritage. Feelings of superiority to people lower on the class spectrum than one's self. Okay, so now we have, uh, what do you call that? Middle class, what's the first class? Uh, upper class. Upper class. There's upper, upper, upper middle, upper low. There's middle class, upper middle class, middle class, lower middle class. And you have, what do you call the third class? Uh, low, uh, low, they're trying to politically change it now. They used to say lower class. Lower but, class, but upper, lower class, middle, lower, and the scumbags. Yes, sir. 
Now they say working in class. The, uh, another name for it is... Okay, now question. Do I pick which class I go into in America? Is I think you can. Okay. I, I, I'm going to say why I say that. It's because I think though we are born or <clears throat> living in America, you are given... You're generally put into a certain class. You were born but into a class, your mother, your father. Yeah, the opportunity that America offers, you know, yes, there's a lot of red tape. You got a lot of hoops you got to jump through. But opportunity presents that you can leave the lower class and go to a middle class or to an upper class. And I give, you know, I Oprah. Give, yeah. Oprah was low class. Low class. Um, now nah, she's the upper, upper, oh, upper, yeah, upper. She's, she's next super, to God. Super, super upper, upper class. class. <laughs> But, you know, I think of, I think of, I'm, used, I'm thinking of myself when I say that, you know, came from Jamaica, we, we, we went to the projects, and most of my friends either stay in the projects, went to jail, died. But, and a few of us, I'm not the only one I'm saying that, but there are those of us that pushed ourselves beyond what we were pigeonholed into. Because I can go back to the pro there's still people there that I knew when I was a child that are still living in the same building. And mad at the world mm -hmm. while you escape whatever the pigeonhole was. So that's why I said, you, 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 yes, I understand we're born and we start off in a certain way, but I do think there's an opportunity. In this country in particular, in spite in of country, sexism, racism, you can else. break yes. out. It's now, not going to be easy. If you go, if, yeah. In some countries, no matter if you break out or not, you're still India. locked into it. India, India reminds me of a strong class yeah. system. Class system, no matter what. No matter what. In America, you can marry mm -hmm. into it well and change your whole status. Mm -hmm. So, classism, you allow it to affect you. <laughs> That's the key. Because you can break out of it, especially in this country, if you work. How did you break out of it, you? I made a decision to focus on education. Oh, you went to school. Yeah. I didn't I know pushed, that. I pushed myself. So you went to school. Mm-hmm. Okay. I went to, and it's funny because I went to an all-boys school, trade school. Mm -hmm. So we didn't do a lot of academic stuff. So when I applied for, you know, when I went to college, I didn't know what biology was. <laughs> I hate to what, tell you that. What if I was you and mm -hmm. I, did, let's say both of us living mm -hmm. in the same situation, I don't want to go to school, man, but hey, I, I got my rights. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 you know, I, 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 want, I want what you have, mm -hmm. but I, I don't want to go to school. I don't have time for that crap. What would happen to me? You sell drugs. <laughs> who, I'm going to say something there. Yeah. Who would I blame for my life? Oh, you're going to blame everybody but yourself. Everybody but yourself. The white man keep me down. Man, you're gonna blame the Jamaicans keep me down. Yep, the Haitians keep me down. Blame everybody. Women. Women keep me down. Women did me wrong. You know, they they set me up. It's it's just it's a life full of excuses. So sometimes we don't want to take responsibility. That's a powerful word. For our crappy lives and make it better. And I don't want it to. I'm not, I'm not saying for those of you listening that people don't have really hard life. There are people oh. who are in such depths of poverty. Yes. That it is near impossible. So I'm not discounting that part of it. I'm saying it's hard. And for some people, it is super, super hard. Okay. If you were to ask a rich man the same question, mm -hmm. we think their lives are easy. 
Because I've been where you're talking about. Yeah. I was a man without with one pair of shoes with a hole in the shoe. When people see me with shoes now, don't talk me down. I had one yeah. pair of shoes with a hole. And I put cardboard on the floor, on, in it. And I had a special way to kneel. Mm. And people thought I was spiritual. That's his style. I was hiding the holes in my shoes. I had two suits. I ate peanut butter and green apples. Because mm. I had no food and I didn't want to have food stamp. Mm. I didn't want no white man money take care of this nigga. That's who I am. So, when I hear abject poverty, I don't know if I was in abject poverty in the United States. I saw, this is not my place. I, I'm going to move up. So, I cut grass, wash every window at Lee University. I never took my clothes off to get money. I never stole <laughs> to get money. I didn't do nothing unethical. Yes, sir. But I did everything I need to do to put food, to put clothes, to pay car. Mm -hmm. And when I didn't have a car, walk. I walked or a Christian would give me their beat up car. You all know my story. Yes, yes. So I don't really like lazy asses, mm -hmm. black men in particular, who are crying they can't pull it up. Now, you may ask me, is it easy now? It's just as hard. By the way, harder yes. to keep what I have. I, I, we need to have an honest discussion. Let's do it. Yes, there's classism. You let it stop you. God will always have somebody that's willing to help you. Did you know Jesus? Yes, I came to know him. What I stopped was... you from whoring around having kids out of wedlock. <laughs> Jesus and a <her> mother. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, mama. Mommy. <laughs> Jesus Seriously, and a godly yeah. mother. Mm -hmm. If not, you would have children yeah. out of wedlock. You would have to go to work and pay child support, mm -hmm. especially if you love your child. Mm -hmm. That would hinder your education, probably. Yes, it would have. Or you might end up selling drugs to take care of your family and end up in jail. Because some guys I know in China can tell yeah. me, the reason I'm selling dope is because I got to take care of my family. Yes. Yes, there are so, people who do that. Yeah. And I used to tell them, well, why don't you buy, you know, I, I, I give them advice. I said, man, you, you're going to get caught by the law. Why don't you get a front and clean up the money when business but these negroes never continue because the drug money is more money yeah. you can do in one day and why they do it for one year mm -hmm. so they go right back and get arrested yeah. a lot of drug dealers trying to get got some ideas when they were well when i used to be in the street witnessing and investigated by the police department as though i was laundering money in this church they should have come and talked to me i would be on their side all right Anything you want to say about favoritism? Because I'm picking up favoritism, excuse me, classism, favoritism. It's like, they're the same. It's a tool. Uh, all what's, this, what's the tool? Uh, classism, classism is a tool so that the people who occupy that upper 2% can maintain the status quo. Uh, if, 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 
if you don't know it, look up the word hegemon. The, the, the American culture creates the whole idea of American dream. It's, it's, I don't want to call it an illusion because you can achieve the American dream. But what is the American dream? For Minister Barton, the American dream may be one thing. For you, it may be one thing. Yeah. For me, it may be another thing. But we explore. American no, dream, I want to live in Belize and that oh, this Jesus. is America. And, 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 and my backyard is uh, the ocean. Mm. Ooh. And I fly into Miami every day. That's why I don't want to live here. Amen. I want to live somewhere else that's nice and warm. You like that? You like yes, that? Yes. See, see, that's success for me. That's success. <laughs> what? St. Croix? Oh, you bad boy. <laughs> Go ahead. So if you just think about it, and, and it's so much to talk about. Bitch, yes, right? it is. But, but we dangle this. American dream to the whole world. We got the Statue of Liberty out there in the New York Harbor. Give me your tired, your poor, your husband, masses yearning to be free. You don't want to talk about that. And, but we create this thing. We export our culture. How did Coca-Cola and McDonald's get in Japan and China? Everywhere. We are, we sell this idea of what it is to be American, but we create these classes. Fences. So, but these fences, what I want us to understand, let's not blame the culture, let's blame the church. The church only mirrors, the, excuse me, the culture only mirrors what the church does. It's, oh God, I don't want to name no church denomination. It's in the denominations. The one I was raised in. Oh yes. And they speak in tongues. Brother. And they're my brother. But I was. <laughs> Stay down, brother. <laughs> so how do I expect a heathen man, a white heathen man, on Sand Mountain, to love me and don't treat me like trash, if the brother, who's been washed by the same blood of Jesus with me, drank from the same fountain? Classified me. And they right beside the man on Santa. Sorry. Sorry about that. Let me tell you my experience. I want to say my I want to say mountain preach one day. I'm not wrong. I love saying mountain people because my neighbor say mountain he helped me the most. Without him, Earl, if you're watching, I'm not mad at saying mountain people. You're the best say mountain brother that I have. You're cousin Earl. He's so he's so he's so cousin. He's whistle family. Ain't no white and black. He's cousin. I want to preach in the church of same mountain. Everybody's like this. And I say, Lord, Holy Ghost, move upon me. I stop praying. People start following the power of God. People's filled with the Holy Ghost and everything. And everybody's loving me now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then a white girl from the power of God. And I went to touch her. Four white brothers pushed me back like a bomb exploded. And they said, we'll take care of that, brother. Well, I said, oh. I can't touch the white woman now. They were in the church. Come on. Forget the world. Leave Donald Trump alone. Leave your governor alone. They were in the church. Your church is full of favoritism, classism, and racism. Your denomination. We can't help the world if we're hypocrites. We sit there telling the government to change while the church has not changed one lick. You put one, one black man up, 
one black man out to be overseer. And one in your council, and you think you're okay? Don't go there. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> ah! Hallelujah. Praise <laughs> the Lord. But you know something, Bishop? What, 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 what hits me with everything you're saying, and, and I really, I'll be honest with you, I never really thought of it like that. By the way, you don't need to. I, I'm going to talk because I don't need none of your positions anymore. I'm too old. Should have given it to me when I was 28. <laughs> but the, the, the thing about it, when you look at the Bible, you look at the Bible in relation to what was going on in the culture at the time. When they came to Jesus and they said, should we, you know, uh, give taxes to Caesar? And he says, bring the coin. And he says, whose inscription on it? They said, it's Caesar. He said, read it to Caesar. Things belong to Caesar and to God and things that belong to God. And the point that I'm making with it is every, when you look at the life of Jesus and you look at all of the things he said, who was he rebuking the most? The leaders. Pharisees. The leaders. The church leaders. Yes. He says, you do all of this stuff. He didn't rebuke the... the Prostitutes, the, the Republicans, and sinners. Re rebuke did I say Republicans? Republicans. <laughs> he didn't I'm rebuke... I'm sorry, Republicans. <laughs> it's so close. The tax collectors. <laughs> his, his, his most righteous vitriol went towards the church leaders because... They were so corrupt, as you said, society reflected it. Imagine if the church, white pastors, stood up in their pulpits, the ones who are on TV, oh, Lord. and began to preach against racism, classism, favoritism, and say this is wrong. How many times, I'm going to touch something very dangerous right now. How many times have we hugged one another, black and white, in the church? You're my brother, you're my brother. But as soon as something happens, as soon as a situation occurs, I'm not talking about social, inside, then all of a sudden there's no more hugging, there's no more communicating, and we revert back to where it was. So that tells me, was your heart really ever changed? Because the reality of it is this, if you're going to follow Christ, and if you're going to say that the blood of Jesus Christ supersedes natural blood, if you're really going to say that, then I cannot look at you and you and you and you based on the color of your skin. It's are you safe? And if you're safe, I should have a relationship with you, even if you're white as snow. But black people and white people who are quote-unquote religious will love each other to a point until something happens that we step back and we go back to where until we were. Until George died. Until a white man killed one of ours. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, everybody, I love this commercial. It's us. There's no us. You know why it can't be us? The church is the problem. I can't breathe in the church. Amen. And you think the world, okay, listen, I'm going to bet you 50 years from now, it's still going to be the same. There's going to be a lot of laws, a lot of laws. Oh, black people are going to love them laws. And a lot of black leaders are going to become billionaires over them laws. But we masses, we little puny, low-class people, we're still going to suffer under the brutality of different kind of names, whether it's the police department, 
whether it's the economic department, whatever department it is, we're going to suffer. It did not change. I saw things in 80s. I saw things in 70s. I saw things in 90s. Nothing has changed. We had a black president. He filled his pocket with money, and the rest is still starving. Nothing has changed. You don't want me to say that because he's your God. He ain't my God. He's a Negro like me. He's smart. Fill his pocket. Not, he knew better. Nothing will change. You know what's going to change this world? They're going to mirror the church. And the church has not changed one lick since I was raised in it. Except token leaders. No heart felt. No brotherhood. And if I find a white brother and sister that really love me, I love them, oh my God, it's gold. Until a racist person shows, and then silently, Peter had that problem. All right about racism. Tell me about racism. Oh, Lord. Okay. Racism. All right. <laughs> This is not even. We're not going to finish. Yeah, I can't. Don't worry about finishing. No, this is not even half of the stuff I got. Um, the definition is literally. <laughs> he laughing. This is part of the rest of it. Part of it. I still got more. We can write a book on racism. There's so much, and and I'm not. I'm going to try to do as much justice as I can, but I know I won't. It is, the definition is a belief or doctrine that inherent differences among. The various human racial groups determine cultural or individual achievement, usually involving the idea that one's own race is superior and has the right to dominate others, or that a particular racial group is inferior to the others. It is a policy, a system of government based upon or fostering such a doctrine or discrimination. It is hatred or intolerance of another race or other races. It is prejudice, discrimination, antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's race is superior. That's what it means. And where do they get that idea from? In 1800, before the Darwinian evolution oh, was most people talked about races when they referred to groups such as the English race, the Irish race. However, all this changed in 1859. 1859. Remember 1859, like 1619? I remember 1619, but you got to remember 1859, you black people. It's not just 1619. When Charles Darwin published his book. On What's the, the name of his book, sir? On the Origin of Species by Means of Natural Selection or... The preservation of favored races in the struggle for life. Darwin was a racist! Former preacher. Darwin was a racist! And you taught me the theory of evolution. It's racism you teach me. You taught me racism. Black people are taught racism. White people are taught race. 1859 and 1619 need to be remembered. Why don't they tell us the truth? You know, you know what I hate? At school they told you on the origin of species and stop right there. Because they know as a black man, if you continue to tell me the name of his book, 
I would debunk them. So Darwin's plan, based on your study so far, is natural selection, survival of the fittest. Mm -hmm. well, I'm, I, I, I'm for that too sometimes. But when somebody falls through the cracks, I'm supposed to help my brother. Darwinism that will not let me help my brother. Because you're weak. Oh, so if I'm weak, according to Darwin, eliminate me. Yes. But the Bible says if your brother is weak, you help the infirmity. If your brother is weak, you help your brother bring up. Big difference between the two. So literally, the white people, you know, you know, you know the funny thing that pissed me off yesterday? Mm -hmm. I said it. A bunch of white people with black stuff on them. That, that insult me. How dare you copy Africa and you teach me racism. You liar. Good Lord, let me, I've got to quit. You somebody else have to Can, I, can I say something about that? The two things. And black people love it. Oh, look at the on my side. They ain't your side. They taught racism. They taught the police department racism. They taught me racism. They taught everybody racism. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Go ahead. Please, let the Holy Ghost usually let me get sanctified. I need to get saved. One thing I want to say is concerning the present distress. People in the street, black and white people, like you were saying. Uh, somebody sent me a picture the other day on Facebook. These white people had gone out in their yard and they had put yokes on and had chains. And I'm like, Really? And that's all I'm going to say about that's that. That's guilt. Yeah. Guilt. The yeah. more guilty you are, the more punishment you're going to get. Guilt will not remove racism. Rather, Making Obama president did not remove racism. You thought it would. I told you it would not. It's worse now. Go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a prophet talking to you, by the way. So what people really just need to do is just come to you and say, Tell me how you feel and talk to you. But, but this, I grew up in Alabama in the 60s. I've got, I've got yeah. six brothers who go all the way back to the 40s. This is nothing new. You've heard of Emmett Till. Mm. Emmett Till's face was Jesus. beat up. You couldn't, you'd have thought it was something off of Star Trek. His mother decided, we're going to bury my boy, 14-year-old boy, supposedly whistled at a white woman. Uh, they, they, they cut off his ear. They gouged out his eyes. They, it was horrible. Don't go there. So everybody went crazy. But when the dust settled back now, now I could go through. Nah. Everybody's going crazy over Mr. Floyd. And a lot of black men, MLB, no, BLM, BLM, many of them become billionaires. 20 years from now, guess what? We're going to be in the same boat. Well, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what the church needs to do is wake up. If we would notice, if you notice, every time Emmett Till's funeral was in a church, people packed that church, people were interviewing the church. It was an opportunity for the people of God to say, hey, we need to unite as a church. But as soon as we got a look, we, we moved a little bit further on the social spectrum. We, we went from cleaning the buses, now we can drive them. Wow, but we can't own them. Right. So, and then, and then we, 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 we dial it back down. We go, I got nothing wrong with party. I was one of the biggest party animals. But we're too focused on material stuff. 
And so when we move a little bit further down the road and we can get some more material stuff, we go, and we rest and we turn our back on God. And God's like, they don't get it. So he has to find another speed bump in the road. Then we got to get a Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King gets us back in church. Then we get the greatest civil rights legislation since the history of this country signed in 1964 by Lyndon Johnson, who was a white boy from Texas. But when that happened, he was forced we to all sign. happy, we are joyful. He was forced to sign Be it. Because of the situation. That's my point. The, the church didn't do its job. This is the thing I need to say. I don't care what the legislation will be. The church didn't do its job. He will politically make the right move. Donald Trump and any other Trumps will do the right move. But the heart of men are not changed by laws. That's my point. That's my point, Bishop. When, when we keep expecting legislation to fix it, legislation will never fix it. The Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? And do get the legislation, please. Please get it. Pastor's not saying don't get it. Get it. But we're going to have the same problem unless the church changes the racism in our ranks. And it'll manifest in the street. Even the backsliding children from the church will know how to treat a white man, a black man with respect. Go ahead. Well, all, all I'm trying to say is what our people need to understand is just like if you pick something up that's hot and you burn your finger and you go, ow, 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 you'll do this for a while. And then? And then when the pain subsides, you forgot. You, you, you forget about it and pretty soon you until, don't even until see Until you scar. touch it again. And George Floyd is just, we just touched another hot coal. All this stuff in the streets is us doing this. And when we stop doing this, Back to our Gucci, back to our tweet, tweeters and twits, tweet, Twitter, whatever. That sexy called. woman. And we, and, we, and we just, we need to, it's old-fashioned, but it's the only thing that keeps working. We need to hold to God's unchanging hand. All right. Amen. Amen. Okay, right, so let's wrap, I'm, let's I'm, see, I'm you're gonna, not going to finish it, but I'm just gonna give me the top highlight, because we stop on Darwin. Okay, let me, let me, I'm going to exactly and, what you do, just go gonna ahead, highlight go some ahead. points. So, we know that Darwin was a, his, his whole evolution was a racist, and I need to read this, it was a racist philosophy teaching that different groups or races of people evolved at, listen this, at different times and rates. So some groups are more like their ape-like ancestors than others. That's is that why I'm cool? Bishop, if it, I really didn't have time. There's another person who, who went a step further in his, his view of uh, his per perpetuation of Darwinism. And, and, and I'm trying to remember how to say the name. It's, it was called Antani Recapitulate Pliny. Something, I, I'm, I'm You went to it. school. Yeah, a little bit, a mm -hmm. little bit. <laughs> but what, it, what, what he, his view was, and he said... There are parts of the aboriginal um, in, in Australia. They felt that was the missing link. Mm. They was the missing link. That them, parts of the Negro race, part of the Mongolian race, that there are parts of these, that, and they usually use the word, that they live in herds like apes. This is why in the 20s, I believe it was, they brought pygmies from, I forgot the, the country, just slipped my mind. They brought pygmies to the United States and put them in the zoo. So they could be watched, looked at, because they thought that's a, an, an, a, a, that's a step above the apes. So this is where all that's going, that Darwinism 
Just talk because from Darwinism, all that came. So Darwin is a problem in America. <laughs> Let's you? dismantle that philosophy. You, you people who are telling us to hit the streets, you're the ones who continue to teach Darwinism. And we dumbasses are following you blindly. You cannot change the police department from brutality against the apes. If you, he went to school and learned, we are the apes. Black policemen and white policemen. This is bigger than black and white. This is in the root of our educational system. Systemic racism comes from Darwin. Scientist, go ahead, go ahead. Scientists today admit that biologically there really is only one race of human. No. However, all human race begins in the world today are classified as homo sapiens. Scientists today admit that biologically there really is only one race of humans. Reporting on a research, con and I need to read it, reporting on a research conducted on the concept of race, ABC News stated, more and more scientists believe that the difference that set us apart are cultural, not racial. So even some even say that the word race should be abandoned because it's meaningless. Is it in the, the Bible? No. No. It's not. No, and I'm going to touch that next. I want, I'm coming there next. The article went on to say, we accept the idea of race because, this is, we, it, it's a convenient way mm -hmm. of putting people into broad categories. Oh, come on. Frequently to suppress them. Yes. Now, here it is. The most hideous example was provided by a guy named Adolf Hitler hey! in Germany. He was the best example where he used race as an excuse. There is no black race, white race. It's all one race, one blood. That's where it comes from. All right, let me, you want to touch a little bit on the Bible. Yeah, what does the Bible say? Because I want to know. Okay. I want to know if the Bible have a white race, black race, Spanish race, Mexican race, Haitian Ooh. race, Jamaican race, you know? The Bible does not say much about race. And it does not give an explanation of the origin of different races. There were apparently very little, very little racial race consciousness in biblical times. Oh my God. Most of the people of the Bible... Most of the people of the Bible were Middle Eastern people. Mm -hmm. Racially, they were more like Turks and Arabs of today. Also, there were numerous Africans interspersed throughout the Middle East. Mm -hmm. There was a time that the Middle East in Africa was the known as Africa. Africa. Not the Middle East. So <laughs> they won't touch it that, but I got as far as I could. And then he's going <laughs> to touch it too. People thought of the differences, people thought the differences between nationalities and religions, but not between races. So the issue was, at this time, during the Bible time, was national issues and religious issues. So what would happen is that Rome would go and they would conquer a nation. 
Okay, they and all right, let me let me let's be funny. Okay, they went, they conquered the Ethiopians. They took the Ethiopians, brought them back to Rome, the ones they didn't that they left alive. They brought and made them slaves. The same Rome then went to uh, uh, to um, uh, 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 the Anglo-Saxons. Mm. They defeated them, the, defeated them, defeated the Germanics before they entered Germanic. But defeated. They took the the defeated warriors, brought them back to Rome, and guess what they became slaves. slaves. They were slaves. So slavery was based on, re on religion mm -hmm. and national issues. Not, not the skin, skin color. color. No, not skin color. The sin of America is you made it a color skin. of the skin. Mm -hmm. Good God. It was noted that the Ethiopians, I got to touch my Ethiopians again. Yeah, my By the brother. way, there's a scripture for those who want to knock the Ethiopians. The Bible says that soon Ethiopia shall stretch forth her hands towards it, God. Didn't a man of God in the Bible marry? We're coming. Bishop, you got to let me get there. Get I'm there. getting there. It was known the Ethiopians, such as the Nubians, the Cushites, the Africans, had different uh, skin than the people of Israel. Jeremiah 13, 23 says... Can an Ethiopian change the color of his skin? No. Can a leopard take away its spots? No. Neither can you start doing good, for you have always done evil. The point of this verse had nothing to do with the color of skin. The point of this verse had nothing, because it was about skin color, then the leopard is in trouble because a leopard can't change his spots. A black man can't change the color of his skin. White man can't change the color of their skin. The issue here was the condition of the heart. You cannot start doing evil because you've always done, I mean, you cannot start doing good because you've always done evil. So, Your heart is evil. Therefore, racism dwells and abides in evil heart. That's why it's So there. racism is a sin. It's a sin. You're going to hell it's a if sin. you're racist. You're yes, going sir. to hell if you're racist. And by the way, you black people think you're not racist? You don't want me to hit you. Okay, wait. I have to talk about that one next week if you want. I ain't gonna touch that right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna quote. You one should more tell story. me, Frenchie, go home. Remember that. Go ahead. Now, you, you guys already talked about this verse, so I'm not gonna touch, spend too much time. Acts 17, 24. Um, and let me read on down. And, and God hath made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temple made with hands, neither is worship with man's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth life. He gives life to, he giveth to all life, breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men. All nations of men are made of one blood for to dwell on the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. That they should, what is the purpose of all men? That they should seek the Lord, not go on attacking one another. The purpose of men was to seek the Lord if happily they may feel after him and find him. Though he be not far from every one of us. I'm sorry, I thought it was only for the white folks. See, God says, I'm not far from everyone. So everybody means everybody. For in him, we, we, who, one blood, live, move, have our being. As certain of your prophets have said, for we are all, for we are also his 
offspring. So you're telling me this. The Bible is teaching that all men are made of one blood. We live, move, and breathe in him, and we are his kids. So this is what's happening on the world. People who are getting to racism or caught up in racism, it's like brothers and sisters fighting one another. And daddy is coming home, and he's going to whoop some behind because God always said the first place he will judge is not the world the first place he will judge is the church so God help the church because God is not a hypocrite he will not touch Satan and his kingdom until he has first rebuked and beaten and dealt with the house of God where we have allowed sin to run rampant and kept our mouth shut so we can keep our coffers filled so we can be happy so we can celebrate and feed and make sure the the the, the good tithers are happy we don't want to ruffle nobody feathers because preachers know they they've got to do what they're supposed to do so they don't want to ruffle nobody's feather the church has got to wake up the church is in trouble now quickly how the come, hebrews how come I ruffle people's feathers i don't know bishop they're just not used to your kind that's all you know what your kind is what? you have the audacity to be a man of god <laughs> that's your problem if you weren't a man of god you'd be just fine Oh, I'll rule the world. Yeah, I mean, they would love you going to hell, but they would love you. They would love you. But you have the audacity. You have the kahunas to oh! God. That's crazy, Bishop. <laughs> the Hebrews were forbidden. Now, listen it's, to this. It's hot today. The Hebrews ahead, were brother. forbidden. I'm, I'm going to stop soon. Yeah, go the ahead. Hebrews were forbidden. <laughs> This is what the Hebrews are forbidden. Don't marry Canaanites and other pagan people. Let me say it again. The rebuke of the Hebrews was don't marry pagans and other religions. That's what God rebuked them to do. Now, now, it was not based on color. It wasn't based because on most color. Canaanites with dark skin. Don't go there. Oh, my Lord. We're coming back. Then black Ex women. Oh, man. Black women are dangerous. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. Next sentence. Exodus 34. 34, 11 through 16. Deuteronomy 7, 1 through 3. These where you find this. But the reason was because these people worship idols, not because of racial difference. Now, now, there was a man of God who mm -hmm. lived, mm -hmm. who was known as a friend of God, mm -hmm. who saw God face to face. Yeah. His name was Moses. Oh, Moses had married a Midianite woman. Mm -hmm. And then one day Moses came across an Ethiopian, a what? Cushite. Now, I began to think for a second. Wait a minute. Nowhere, woman. nowhere do we find that Moses, listen, nowhere Moses, do you, maybe you all help me out. I don't ever read anything in the Bible that Moses went to Ethiopia. So if he didn't go to Ethiopia, where did he find this Cushite? Among God's people. Oh. <laughs> Moses' brother and sister, Aaron and Miriam, criticized the marriage. But God was angry with them for their criticism. I really wish I had time to read the scripture. Because that's he, Numbers 12, 1 through 11. I beg you to read that. So God agreed with interracial version. marriages? Oh, Lord. God, got, God, God tripped out. You know what God was? He, he said when, when they came and they were talking about Moses, their brother behind his back. Now, Moses is the youngest one. They talked about Moses behind their back. about He married this, he married that. God says, you know what? Bring your brother and bring your sister and yourself. Come inside the tabernacle. We're going to have a family get together. We're going to have a family meeting. 
they came in and God made a simple statement to them. He says, if I want to speak to somebody in dreams and visions, I'll go to the prophets. Mm -hmm. You see that man over there, Moses? <laughs> Your little brother? Mm -hmm. You see him? I speak face to face. And he said, that's who I'm dealing with. So then they got up after they were so, rebuked. So, so marrying a black woman? Had nothing to do with the black woman. Had nothing to do with God the black woman. never said a word about Moses marrying the Cushite or the Ethiopian woman. He you don't did say. not bring a word about it. So we bring, we bring it about. We bring it because we're bigger than God. We're bigger than God. Because we say things that God never touched. God never said that. God didn't rebuke Moses because he married the Cushite. God didn't rebuke him because he had another wife. Sorry, he didn't. God didn't say any of that. What God got mad at was you guys are talking bad about my boy. Are you saying what we major on, God don't minor? It's God's minor? <laughs> yes, sir. And what God major on is our minor? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Close it. I am closing it now. So <laughs> we'll pick it up next week. Some translation of the Bible use race to describe what we think of today, which really national, ethnic, and religious differences. Read Ezra nine two, Zechariah nine six. However, the Israelites, the, now the Israelites, the Canaanites, and the Philistines were all Philistines were all Middle Eastern people, and they were black. Canaanites and Philistines, there were black people in them. Black people were there. So 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 Samson. He saw a black sister. Samson was a brother. I'm <laughs> Look, I'm not calling everybody a brother. But I'm telling you right now, I'm going to help everybody out, okay? I know every time we turn around, we say that everybody in the Bible is black. That's not the case. That is not the case. I'm the first to say it. But if you believe that the, the, that the chance of them being white compared to black, you're fooling yourself. Because the Bible is replete with black people in the Bible, mm -hmm. not European whites are not, there's very few of them there. Mm -hmm. They're the minority mm -hmm. in the Bible. Mm -hmm. The Bible is filled of Middle Eastern and Africans. And if you want to be technical, they're all Africans. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we don't want to go into the lineage. We're not going to but, I'm not but, going there. I'm not going okay, to go there. Okay, let's put it this way. So let's close this. One sentence what, and I'm going to close. Well, go ahead, do One last more. sentence. And the Apostle Paul. Encourage Christians not to marry unbelievers. Now, this is where we get 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 16. Everybody loves to say the scripture, be not unequally yoked with, un be not unequally yoked, be not unequally yoked. This is why I have a problem with many of the churches, especially during the times of slavery. Because they quoted scriptures that was incomplete. The Bible says don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. God has been consistent from Genesis all the way to Corinthians. He said, do not marry anyone that is not of your faith. That's the rebuke he gave to the Israelites. Don't marry them because they're not of your faith. But God said, if they get saved, if a Canaanite wants to become a Jew and goes through the steps, God says, he's now mine. And he has full right and freedom. I'm going to just say this real quickly. Do you want to know, and I'm, I'm not going to get into it. Nobody get mad at me. Do you want to know why a lot of blacks join Muslim? Because at the time when, when, when Islam was spreading like wildfire, powerful. Remember Ishmael. Mm 
powerful. They're spreading it wildfire. Do you know what the one thing they would not kill? Anyone who converted. If you converted Islam, you could live. What do you think the majority of the people did that they, of the nations they went through? Converted. Blacks converted. Whites converted. You know what Malcolm X says when he went to Mecca? He had a revelation. Revelation. Black, white, all races mm -hmm. are serving. Yes. But America mm -hmm. wouldn't have it. Because for them, Islam, it was strictly this. Either you're Islam or dead. Or you're an infidel. You're dead. That was it. They didn't care. <laughs> Look at Islam today. You're dead. <laughs> you have Asians. You've got blacks. You've got whites. You've got Spanish. Every group and nationality on the planet, there's a Muslim belong to, can belong to Islam. The only ones they don't accept is infidels, if you don't accept their faith. Now, let's wrap this up a little bit. In the Bible, it's nationalism and religion and nothing to do with races. No. Races, race, races. God never mentioned race in the Bible. You mentioned nations and, and they interpreted, changed it to race. Okay. Now, my thoughts are, as things developed in Christianity, favoritism, of course, is always with us. Yes. We struggle with it as parents. You know, I'm going to get corrected because I don't. There's one child I don't punish, punish as the others. But I do give equally everything, so I'm all right. <laughs> but they don't understand the heart of a father. And it's, but again, I'm going to get, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Um, so I think there was a, as the river is moving, somebody got corrupted who want to be number one. And they began to change slowly what God had planned not become a race issue then they have Mr. Darwin to justify it intellectually since now we have quote unquote studies done intellectuals done intellectual studies done to prove there are races that are lower than others so they could pump themselves with a lie that they better. And now the rooster's coming home to roost. I, I think that's our problem. And, I, and in spite of my spirited, uh, and I, I, I used a word last time, I need to read that. I asked the Lord to forgive me for my sins. What sin again did I ask the Lord to uh, forgive me for? Uh, I'm going to read it. Uh, I'm asking God to continue to strip me of my pride defensiveness black anger so you may see a little anger I'm not sinning by the way I have the right to be angry but I don't sin okay I don't go I won't kill you I'll pray with you um, <laughs> no I won't kill you um, like I told one boy whose father was KKK I said let's take it outside he said if you were in Georgia you boy you wouldn't live I said let's go now <laughs> I will die but I'll take your father I'll take your father with me. 
It's a good day to die. Let's go. Why do they always outnumber? Why can't they do one-on-one? What, what was that? Why can't they ever just do one-on-one? Why must it be 50 of them to one black man? I'm sorry. That's, you know what I'm saying? I just always... A, a couple of things that we should think about. And, you know, I like to throw out a little Twilight Zone food for thought. Oh, Lord. But think about it. Uh, it's two things we need to study. Genetics and eugenics. Genetics is how we get different races. Eugenics is the hypothesis that your race has to do with your intellect or your mental acuity. Uh, eugenics is a lie. Hitler was using it. And at the same time they were using eugenics in, America, in, in, in Nazi Germany, they were using it in America. But we just couldn't. It, we used it to segregate and do all this other stuff, but we couldn't go as far as Hitler. He just like, hey, I'm, I'm putting the pedal to the metal and start gassing people. But this idea of eugenics has created some theories and principles that still floating around. Like, like you say, well, that's why we weren't allowed to learn to read. Because if we had been allowed to learn to read, we'd be like, wait, I don't believe that. But since, since we were put in a, that's what happened to me. Since we were put in a position to believe what the white man told us, that's the only credible source of information, so it just got passed down. But, but let's go back to the Garden of Eden real quick. Everybody, well, how did we get all these different races? Genetics, not eugenics, genetics says you can't take two people of the same color and get different people. If I'm black and you black, and I'm not talking about mixed, I've got all kind of ancestral stuff going on. I'm talking about you go to the darkest part of the darkest part of so Africa yeah, and get the blackest part of the black. black. You, you so, mix. I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding. I'm hurting you, man. I'm hurting this you. This is soul train, baby. I'm good. I'm, good. I'm hurting you. I'm hurting you. No, I'm fine. That's I'm what fine. this African guy told me. He looked at me and said, Valentin, you ain't black. I said, what? He said, you mix. I'm black. I'm like, man, I'll send you back to Uganda right now. <laughs> well, that's the one thing, though, Bishop. That's the one thing that all of this oppression has done to black people. Blackness, if we need to fix this. We got black people hating on black, you know, the paper bag test and all that. If you don't know what it is, look it up. But there used to be certain black, black institutions black people couldn't get into if their skin wasn't as light as the paper bag or lighter. If they were darker than the paper bag, you can't come up in here. Why are we killing each other? Because we've been taught that. We, so we don't, I don't like the way you look, so I kill you. Why would I want to kill my brother? And the stupid thing is... When we the same color, we got to go get a rag and put it on our heads and say I'm a this I'm, or that. Yeah, but but you're my brother. You, you know we're pretty close. You know you know you know you are mixed man. I'm more Negro than you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, but seriously, you're my brother, and the white man is my brother. But I could say you're white. But it, it blows me away when I'm hearing things from Detroit, killing, killing your own kind over what? But we keep, we, we keep forgetting that beneath the skin is the same blood. If it's not, how come a person of one race can get into a wreck and need blood? They don't ask what color are you, they ask what blood type are you. So if it's the blood type, the blood type is what's coursing through my veins, through your veins, through your veins. 
and, and, and Minister Barton quoted it earlier, he has made of one blood all nations. Amen. So what I wanted to say got 30 again, seconds. with my little Twilight Zone theory, think of this. If you could get multiple people from two people of the same race, then we shouldn't, how did we do that? I just want to say something crazy. I'm going to walk off. Uh, Don't walk off. Sit down. <laughs> By the way, Willie, uh, you mentioned Lynch a while ago. That's a guy named Willie Lynch who was a West Indies slave trainer. He wrote a book, The Making of a Slave. He was brought to the United States in 1712, I believe, to teach them how to break the will of these people. You don't, want, you don't want to go there, brother. That would be painful. I'm not. But I was just going to say that's some of what's wrong with us today. They, they were so good at what they did. It, it's, it's in us, but, but if God made, look at the center of this screen, if God made Adam out of the dust of the ground, he was black, but if he made him out of a rib, made Eve out of a rib, I'm through. Okay, that's something to think about. We're going to wrap this up because there's, we, can't, we, can't, we can't put our hands fully, completely around this problem, but what I want to lift, what, what I want you to leave here with, because you can get that knowledge on the web if you want to, is what the Bible says in James chapter 2. There should be no favoritism in our ranks. That's the source of classism. That's the source of sexism. I favor a group. I favor whatever. And God calls it a sin. Equal to adultery. Equal to murder. So the church of Jesus Christ of Nazareth need to repent. And I think if I can model and exemplify no favoritism when people of different color, different nationality, different races come and we really love one another the way the Bible says, the royal law that shall love thy neighbor as thyself. I think the world eventually will start mimicking, copying that part. They are fallen. They are fallen nature. We demand our politicians to live a saved life. They're not saved. I know, I know there are some saved people there. But I think anybody in politics ain't saved. That's my premise. I'm, I'm prejudging. Because they told me, you, have to, you go with a great idea. But you realize by the second year, it's not going to work. So either you jump out or accept the system. The government, I call it, is a freaking antichrist. Now, I'm not anti-government. America is the best country in the world. When I came to this country, the first thing I did, I kissed the ground. I still will kiss the ground. Did you hear what I've said? But we have, we need to become, what did the, the, the founder says, in order to form a more perfect union. In order for that to happen, we need the church to exemplify the love of God. By accepting people, not on race. Because biblically, there's one blood.
If we can do that and work on it, we're not going to be perfect overnight. I think the world, because they come from the church, most people who are running in government go to church. They go to church. Very few are atheists. Very few say they don't believe in God. But I learned racism as a child. Church and home. So, as a man of God, I'm asking the church to repent. Start with me. And I said it. My defensiveness anger. See, I, my anger is defensive. I'm not attacking. It's like, how dare you? This is what we're going to do, Vision Ministries. It's a spirit that is loose on the planet. Chaos and destruction. And we have to reel it in. Bind it. Because eventually, you may think it won't affect us. It's going to come home people in Minnesota it's home other cities it's home it may hit home once it hit home then we pray no we need to pray now so Friday night we're gonna have a midnight cry because Paul and Silas they're in prison the black man is in prison with the white man <laughs> chained together we're going to come here and pray. Oh, I'm sorry, we can't come here. Oh, we're going to have to do it over here, I guess. We're going to have prayer at midnight. Can, maybe, maybe we'll do the same thing we did on Saturday. Yeah, we do 30 minutes, 30 minutes. We're about an hour and a half prayer. So that'll be 12 to what? It's 1.30. I want you to join us through live stream. We're going to pray and War. I need all my prayer warriors. If you're not a member of this church, but you believe in the power of prayer, we're going to go to the Lord and defeat the spirit of chaos and destruction. I'm not even talking about racism. How are we going to pray about that? But really, it's not racism we need to pray about. It's that favoritism that's in my heart, that's in your heart. And if we could get rid of favoritism, I call James chapter 2, we can begin to deal with classism. All that will fall away because I'm going to treat my neighbor as myself. So I'm calling a prayer time session Friday night, which is what? Today is the 10th. Friday will be 12. All right. 12 at midnight. Midnight, I want you to get your phone, tell your friends, tell your neighbors by the way nobody should be at work unless they work third shift uh i want you to be on that phone and we're going to pray we're going to pray and seek god and fight this spiritual battle to defeat this horse this violence this favoritism and all the other ugly head of that spirit uh I, I sense we should do that because all this talking I've done, I'm angry, black people angry, white people angry, white people are scared. That ain't going to change anything. If I was white, I wouldn't open my heart right now. My temperament, 
that would be me. Because I think through it. And I would be wrong. I got to protect my future from you all. That's fear. I call that the great white fear. It has no validity. But fear is real. It's a spirit. So we got to pray in that way. My prayer is this. Before I die, I will see some real, real change in this world. But I do know one thing. It starts with the church. And if I'm a pastor, I'm talking like that. I don't mean the other church. I have to start with me. Yes. Has to start with me. To remove my anger against white people. I could tell you the crime they've done against me in the church. I ain't talking about the world. The world white people have never hurt me. I've never only one white man spit on me in Boston. Because, you know, what happened was I came to Tennessee, and you know everybody here is, yes, ma'am, how you all doing? So I forgot I'm in Boston. So they're driving by, I say, how you all? I heard them, up, and I went, oh, I'm back home. Oh. <laughs> then I stuck cussing them out. I did. I'm back home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but most of my hurt among whites is in the church. Isn't it funny? Yeah, when I was a kid, they beat me up. But that was street stuff, and I was, I was bad too. Uh, I'll get even. And I did get even. <laughs> I always finish what somebody starts. Uh, so I'm just as guilty as a black boy, you know. Okay, all right, I'll get you. When I run into him inside the bathroom, I say, where are your friends now? Where are your friends now? <laughs> Talk to me. <laughs> By the way, they did the same thing to me. <laughs> so up, north, up in Boston, it was pretty bad in the 70s. It, it was really bad, you know, but we survived. Uh, but the, the church, most of my hurt is the church. And the church... I guess the Holy Spirit has to do that job to touch pastors and deacons and elders and bishops to cry out to God and get rid of favoritism so everybody will have everybody's made in the image of God next week we're gonna we probably gonna have to pick up from where we start what do you guys think um, it's a possibility I won't I know my brother yeah but but yeah, there's, yeah, this is an unending subject. So, yep. yeah. And what, what we were trying to do is to establish some facts for you so you don't get lost into this television hype. What bothers me the most is billionaires are going to be made while there's no solution <laughs> on the streets. That's the hypocrisy of my black leaders. And the whites are giving billions of dollars because they're afraid. That's how Jesse and now. No, 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 don't mention name. I don't want to get in trouble. I saw a white guy giving billions and he's going to give more. No, change your heart, honky. <laughs> My 
money ain't going to solve the racist problem. Do give the money. Change your heart. Change the system that you run your billion dollar company. Change your heart. But if they give you money, gosh. And then 20 years later, we're going to pray.